This is Sound Heights Records Podcast, Session 31. And the song lyric of the day is by Irene Wilson, Arthur Herzog, and Irene Kitchings. I'm pulling through and it's because of you. When I was stranded came your helping hand. Lonely, hurt, I had not known which way to turn. Till you said, try smiles, not tears, just laugh and learn. I'm pulling through and it's because of you. You made me see how lovely life could be. Lifted up my heart and made me count the cost To find I'd gained, not lost When I thought that hope was really gone You showed me I was wrong And you taught me how to carry on Thanks for the lift in time and thanks for this song I'm pulling through and it's because of you I'd do the same for you if your turn came Hope it never will For I've been through the mill Won't forget this, still I'm pulling through Welcome to the Sound Heights Records Podcast. Harmonizing life and music, growing as an artist, improving as a person, gaining insight and inspiration, conversations with world-class musicians. Welcome to Sound Heights. This is Yisrael Aryeh. So welcome back to the second edition of Hasidus and Music. We've been doing these Thursday night classes, collecting sources from the Holy Torah, from the Hasidic teachings that can give us insight into our lives, into our role as musicians. So this week we explored the concept of working together with others. So we're kind of working through this uh, Hasidic discourse called uh, Shira Shirim, based on the verse, Song of Songs, the first verse of Song of Songs by King Solomon. And this uh, is one of the foundational ideas that we can apply to music from Torah, so Song of Songs, quite obvious <laughs> in your face. It's the song of all songs. I mean, obviously the, the basic meaning is it's the, this is like the peak of all songs, and there's a lot of other meanings to that. And the one we're teasing out from this mimer is this idea of this collective song of which we as individuals are all a part. And we've been kind of going week by week through the main concepts in this mimer, this discourse. So, the first week, we kind of introduced the concept, this idea of Kabbalah's Pnei which means receiving the face of the Divine Presence. So this is kind of the, the central theme of what it means to play music in this world with a Divine Purpose, is that essentially we're receiving a song from above, and we're kind of transmitting that. So there's a lot of details that go, go into that. 
that uh, we get into. So that we first we introduce just the, that concept and how a person needs to be in a state of joy. And we talked about King David's struggles last week. And so this week's section, as the discourse continues, speaks about kind of the prerequisite to being a, a true receptacle for this song, which is essentially playing along well with others. And we kind of discuss this idea of our intrinsic connection with each other on a very deep level and how when we get together to play music, it's not just about the people we're playing music with. This actually includes all the people that are present at that time. And you can even think in a, in a broader way when you're playing, you're kind of connecting to all people <laughs> because we all share the same soul is this idea. Um, particularly in, in Jewish teachings, there's a, a particular dimension of the Jewish soul that's unique, that we all share this same collective soul. And each one of us are individual parts of that. And that collective soul is really one with the divine presence. It's, it's actually really the same concept. So by being a receptacle for this divine presence, we can reveal this song in the world. And it's actually the divine presence is described as the mimer continues as we get into future weeks as being a song that's constantly singing. But here we're talking about what's the main thing that could get in the way. And the main thing that could get in the way is to have some kind of severing, some kind of disconnect with other people. Now, this can be a really challenging thing. Just everybody knows, you know, nobody gets along with everybody. Um, it's, I mean, there's some people who have much more friendly attitude towards people, and then some people are more naturally, you know, uh, loners and curmudgeonly. But essentially, for each person, there's a place that they can find where their attitude towards others is completely in a positive realm in a way that they're not disconnecting themselves from other people. And, you know, this, this is a challenging concept that I recognize. From my, I'm speaking for, my, for myself, my own experience. People can be, you know, challenging, and, and not always because of the other people, also because of our own personality quirks, our own desire for quiet time, and, and sometimes people invade that time or get in our way, or sometimes even purposely... Uh, or unconsciously or purposely hurt us. So what this doesn't mean is that a person has no boundaries and a person is completely just thinking good about everyone all the time in a way where they could be damaged. People still need that alone time. People still need some space and, and boundaries. But it's really in terms of when we do connect with people and in terms of even when we're not connecting with them in terms of the attitude towards them. So that's really the idea, that when we have a positive attitude, that we, we are judging people favorably, really on every level. Obviously, when we see something about a person that we perceive as negative, even if it is truly negative, there's always a positive way to spin it. And ultimately, as the teaching of the Baal Shem Tov, who was the first Hasidic Rebbe, taught that anything you see in another person is really a mirror for you, especially things that you don't like in another person is a mirror for something within you, which is really connected with this idea that we're really all connected, that it's 
as if every other person is included within your own heart. And if you, through your attitude, certainly through your actions, but through your attitude or cutting yourself off from another person, then you're cutting oneself off from the piece of them in your own heart, which is an idea of shlemus, of a completeness of who you are and ultimately the completeness of who, who we are. This is pretty mystical and it's a very deep concept, but it's also very practical. And when we learn and these concepts and then we apply it in our lives and particularly to our musical practice with others, and just in terms of our, our benevolent attitude towards other people, we can find that we can get out of the way in a way that we can really let that music flow. And I think that those grudges and, and judgments of other people, while reflective of our, our judgments of ourself, are really they're connected to our anxiety and things and our hang-ups. It's really all kind of a mishmash of <laughs> bad feelings. You know, they say, if, you know, you have a grudge against another person, essentially it's like letting someone live rent-free in your head. <laughs> it's like a, that's become a common saying. So really by healing our attitudes towards others, we essentially heal, heal ourselves and are able to be free from distractions and anxieties and, and negative emotions um, to whatever degree possible that we can be flowing with the music and with the joy of the music. My uh, new favorite song, well, it's a song I've known for a while, but I've been getting really into this song, It Ain't My Fault, which is the music that I'm putting at the beginning and, and the middle, uh, the transition parts of this session. This is this New Orleans groove by the drummer Smokey Johnson, and I've been uh, learning on the drums. I've been you know, transcribing, you know, the the melody and, and the drum parts, and it's just been like dancing with me. I've been recommending it to everybody. Um, if you check out the whole tune, you can search for it on YouTube or on uh, you know wherever you listen to music. Um, it ain't my fault by Smokey Johnson. It's just uh, such a joyful, <laughs> joyful groove, and it really to me it. it like I told the story last week about uh, the great drummer Herman Ernest, who pointed out, you know, it ain't my fault. You know, to him means this idea that is what we're talking about, that getting out of the way of the music. You know, that, that we complimented him, you know, he said, your, your playing is amazing, you know. And he said, you know, pointed at the sky and said, it ain't my fault. And uh, so that's really the idea. And so I wish everybody to have, you know, a lot of joy in their life, joy in their music. And hopefully these classes are helping and please... Feel free to be in touch. You can always write me at soundheightsrecords at gmail.com. Go to the website soundheightsrecords.com to find the sources for the classes. I'm constantly updating them, working on new source sheets and translations as well. Originally, they were all in Hebrew, but now I'm starting to translate parts of them. And the goal is to translate all of them and then collect them into, you know, a more or less somewhat comprehensive guide to Hasidus and music and the sources and some of the applications. And these classes is a process of working through these ideas. So I look forward to connecting with you all through the feedback on the website. You can also find some other writings. I have an essay there. I'll put more as they're written and um, translation of the first third of the introduction to Sefer HaNagunim, the um, book of Song, which is this incredible work, The History of Music and the Nature of Jewish Music. So check it out over there. And also on soundheightsrecords.com, you can find a link to donate. We're now a 501c3 
tax-exempt nonprofit organization. So please show your love, show your support for this work. Um, we have weekly classes, Thursday nights at 8.30, um, followed by an open gym. Um, Sunday nights, we have a songwriting group at 8.30. So check out the, the schedule just to make sure it's happening that week on the website. So we also we want to thank our donors and our, our Patreon supporters, which is still happening. And you can, um, through the website, find your way to Patreon and get a lot of unreleased tracks. It's your support that keeps this project going. The music, the teaching, the podcasts, the physical space, you know, a store, our storefront in Brooklyn where we record music. So, you know, come on by if you're in Crown Heights, be in touch, um, send us a line. And without further delay, here's the class from December 12th, 2019, Hasidism Music, class number two. Welcome. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for coming to the second in the series of Citizen Music. It's been a, a, a long process of, you know, we've been speaking about this idea for a long time and, and getting these sources together. It's a real um, Indian and Gaula, the idea of, of redemption music connection, connected with redemption. And everything we learn about music in Hasidus and trying to apply it to actual practical musical deed and also practical deed as human beings <laughs> you know I mean it's Hasidus because it helps us in every level it, it, it reveals the essence of who we are in every level but for some reason music has something special that uh, can be brought out I think through focusing on this on this topic and last week we brought up a number of different sources and this week I've I, I compiled them into a sheet and, I, and I've printed it out here and also online um, if somebody wants to go to soundheightsrecords.com and there's a, you go to the um, Citizen Music section under um, classes, there's sources. You can download a PDF of the same sources we're looking at here. And so, again, as we said last week, we're just gathering sources. There's so many different sources. Try to make sense of them, see how they could be organized. There's a lot of different topics that are all really interwoven and related, especially when it comes to practical approach to music um, and hopefully we'll tease out some some more points um, than we did last week and build on some things we said last week and hopefully bring some some always new aspects we're bringing out um, so last week we introduced the mimer shir hashirin song of songs the hasidic discourse which really addresses the, the foundation of of what hasidus has to teach us about music and about what our purpose is in playing music and ultimately about how we can judge truly if we're successful. And so we spoke about the, the idea of the, the Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina, to receive the Shechina. So Shechina means the indwelling presence of, of Hashem. And receiving the Shechina means to, to receive it inwardly, right? Because to, to, the idea we, we spoke about last week a little bit, that the, the Shechina in contrast to Ruach HaKedosh, to the Holy Spirit, which is a holy inspiration, which we often hear of, spoken of by 
tzaddikim, people who have a very powerful vision. They can see beyond the normal course of actions and see beyond and, and be able to sometimes um, predict or, or accurately um, forecast things that are happening in terms of their advice or in terms of their actions. And so the, we, we mentioned how David HaMelech um, in his Tehillim was, would play sometimes without inspiration and then bring inspiration through his music. So one thing that is just looking more into the sources that we said that ultimately there's a, there's, we had mentioned four levels of song as well, which is another important source in Hasidus and music, this idea of four levels of song, which we found in so many different places, so many different aspects. One thing I didn't mention is that this, the, the, when the Rebbe describes these aspects of, um, of Davina Malik's approach to music, which we find in two different ways in Tehillim, Mizmor Ladavid, the song to David, and Ladavid Mizmor to David is the song. And so there's a, as we mentioned last week, there's a contradiction between the Gemara and Zohar about how to interpret it. Does the inspiration come first or does the music come first? And so the way the Rebbe resolves it, um, we brought up a, a certain point last week, but there's, a, there's another point to bring out, which is a little more complex and we'll explore later and, and when we talk about the four levels of song, is the idea of actually four levels. Because <laughs> the, 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 there's two... Ask, there's two directions. There's the, the song and the inspiration, and the inspiration and the song. So the Gemara says that Mizmor Ladavid first is the song, and then is the, the Shrina, is the inspiration. And Ladavid Mizmor is first is inspiration, and then is uh, the song, right? So Mizmor is the song. And the Zohar says that Ladavid Mizmor is first is the song, and then Mizmor, instead of referring to the song, which Mizmor means song, but in this case, it means uh, the, the Ruch Kadisha, the Zohar says, the, the inspiration, right? And then the, the reverse we find by uh, Ladavid um, Mizmor, which, oh, sorry, sorry, Ladavid Mizmor is the, the first, the, um, the, in, the song and then the inspiration and Mizmor Ladavid is first the inspiration and then the song. So the Rebbe describes this, it's kind of complex to get our mind around all these levels, but essentially the Rebbe is talking about four different levels, right? There, there's, it's like climbing this ladder, right? Last week in the Parsha was Jacob's Ladder, the idea that there's four rungs. It's spoken about in many different places in Hasidus, the, the idea of four rungs. So we find this in Hasidus also, the idea of four rungs, of climbing these four rungs. So initially, um, as we mentioned, and we're going to get a little bit more into it, this idea of kenagin hamenagin, when the, when the musician would play to bring down, um, to help the prophet receive prophecy, this idea is uh, going from a place of no inspiration. And in the case of Elisha, when he needed the musician, he was in a state of anger, as we'll, we'll mention. And he needed the music just to just to get started, <laughs> just to get a little bit of, of simcha so he can start to receive what's considered to be the lowest level of godly revelation, which is the shechina, right? That this is, and so that's the way the Rebbe describes it. Shechina is, is the, so to speak, it's a godly revelation, but it's, it's an external aspect, meaning it's something that's revealed in the world more, very clearly. Whereas as you climb the rungs, ultimately, that, you know, so uh, we would be Ladavid Mizmor, 
right? That that the I mean, sorry, the first level would be Mizmur Ladavid, according to the Gemara. The first he starts playing, and then he's able to receive the Shekhinah, the lowest level of revelation. And then, um, Mizmur uh, Ladavid. Then from that inspiration, he plays a song, and that song reveals a higher level of the Shekhinah. Right? And then, that's the, that's the Gemara. Then the Zohar has two further levels, where from that song that comes out of the inspiration of the Godly Presence, he plays another song, Miss Morla David, and that that's the, the inspires Ruch the Ruch HaKodesh. And then from that Ruch HaKodesh he plays another song. And that's the highest song. And Ruch HaKodesh being something that's much more uh personal, much more inward, right? That uh is Kadosh means removed. So it's connecting to a godly level that's completely beyond the world. Which is why it's Sadik who can uh, penetrate the, the veils of reality to reveal truth in the world is essentially operating from a dimension beyond the limitations of the world. And so, um, and whereas Shechina, let's say the lower level of Shechina, any Jew can access with a Simcha of Mitzvah. Right? It doesn't necessarily give a person, I mean, it, it in many ways does actually give a person transcendence of, of their normal um, their normal over-association with the, the limitations of this world. When a person is besimcha, they're free, essentially. Right? We, we said in, right in today's Hayom Yom that, that the first level of chassid that any person can attain is simply being free of worry. Right? And then, then there's another couple of levels that not everybody can attain, but it has a higher level of, of spiritual sensitivity. But this idea that everybody can attain this first level, everybody can attain the Gili Yashchina, you don't have to be a prophet or a tzaddik to, be, to attain the Gila Shekhinah. It just means being free of worry. And that's something that music is a gift to give us. We know that we're, we're operating on a, on a good place if one has been able to put aside the worldly concerns and be present and be able to flow with the music. So this, this, this idea, we see, we, if we go look at the, in the Pasuk, this guy, this idea of kunagin hamanagin, right? So there, there's there's two psukim that we find. Um, there's a whole story with um, Yehoram was was a wicked king, right? The king of um, of Melech Yisrael, right? And there was Yehoshaphat, who was the the Melech Yehuda. So Yehoshaphat was considered a tzaddik, and Yehoram was considered a rasha. He wasn't as bad as maybe Rav ben Navad. He wasn't as bad as the previous king, who was a, who was much but uh, much worse and, and encouraged the, the people to uh, worship idols. But ultimately, he was pretty bad, like the Torah says, right? He, he followed in the ways of Rav Menavat. He was also involved in idol worship. And, but they made an alliance. Yehoram and Yoshefet made an alliance and they're going to go and fight a battle together. And so they're traveling and they come to a, a place where, where things get very, very difficult and they don't have water for, the, for their troops. And so they, they, they call for, they finally decide, like, now's a good time to see if we should really be doing this. So let's find a prophet. So they go look for a prophet and they find Elisha. And, they, and so Elisha is, he said, I, I can't prophesy. I'm not in the mood. That's when he says, kuhuli managin, bring me a musician, right? Managin, right? And, and then the, the vatahi alav yad Hashem, and the hand of Hashem descended upon him, <coughs> right? So there's an interesting, um, so what was, so one, one interesting aspect of this, so the, the, the Pasuk before says that, so this is uh, from Malachim Beis, 
Gimel, uh, the chapter uh, three, and, and there's two Pesukim, Yudalad and Tesvav. So the one before that is significant also. He says, V'yomer Elisha. So Elisha said, Chai Hashem Tzavakos, by the life of Hashem, um, of legions, Hashem Maratilifanov, who I stand before him, Ki Lulei Pnei Yoshafat. If not for Yoshafat, Melech Yehuda, the king of Yehuda, Ani Nasesa Abit Elecha Ve'im Ereka. So, I would not be able to properly, if, if not for your shepherd being here, I would not be able to, uh, to carry this burden, meaning to, to prophesize at all. And I won't be able to see, I won't be able to see anything if not for your shepherd. So, so before this pasuk about music, it's interesting, we have this, this idea that your shepherd is somehow very important to this process. And then, of course, the famous pasuk, which we're very concerned about here in Hasidus and music, the ata kahuli minagen, Find, to get from me a musician, Vahayim a kenagan ha-menagan, once the musician started to play, Vatiya love, Yad Hashem. There was a, the, the hand of Hashem descended upon him. So, there's an interesting Malbim, um, with uh, uh, 19th century Pirush, that explains Yehoshaphat's role. But before we get to Yehoshaphat's role, we could, we, we could look at, at Rashi on the, on the Pasuk, kenagan ha-menagan, um, and he, he says, right, Kuhuli Minagin, right, take, find for me a musician. Why did he need a musician? Because he got angry. He was angry at Yehoram. He didn't appreciate what the path that he was going, and he had to, to chastise him. And he, so the Shechina had left him. He, he, was, he was not a receptacle for the Shechina. And so Mitzvah's David says, So when he started to play, so that's when the musician started to play. The, the spirit of prophecy descended upon him. And he says, further, he says, take for me a musician, in order to give me simcha with his music. Because he was angry at Yehoram, then he wasn't able to have prophecy. Because, sim- because prophecy only can dwell when a person is besimcha. Vakazba, he im And so he has to explain why, what's wrong with anger. I mean, sometimes Moshe Rabbeinu, who was always a prophet, was got angry, right? But he never, his, we never hear that his prophecy ever ceased. It was constant state of prophecy. So he says that for most people, maybe not for Moshe, but for certainly for, for other prophets, that anger comes with depression. <laughs> it comes with sadness. They, they come hand in hand. Um, and interestingly, right? And so that, that's why Elisha couldn't, uh, wasn't able to prophesize, and he needed the musician. So the Mitzvah Sion says something very interesting, and when we look later on into this, uh, there's some Breslov sources that, that are on this Pasuk that, that quote this Mitzvah Sion. Where, where he says, what is a monogam? When, when he says, get me a musician, musician, what is he talking about? He doesn't say, get for me a righteous musician, a Jewish musician even. He doesn't say, just find me a musician. And, I mean, it sounds like any musician. What was his qualifications of a monogam? And, and Mitsuda Sion says, yodeya lenagam. He knows how to play. That's, that's the, the qualification. He doesn't have to be a tzaddik. He doesn't have to be spiritually anything, but he has to know how to play. So Rabbi Nachman explains that, that this is a qualification that, that he's able to, to pull out the right notes. He, he has a, and he's able to move things up and down. He's able to, to, to remove the, the ruach ra. He's able to, to remove the good from the bad. This is what a musician can do. 
with the skill of music alone. Even if a person isn't necessarily spiritually developed, but they've developed a, a sensitivity to the spirit, to, uh, to the music itself. So that's an interesting, a very interesting point that's worth delving into more deeply. So now it comes to the, this Malbim, which is very, um, very interesting in terms of the role of the people, not just the people who are play, we're playing music with, and also the people in the audience, meaning whoever is, who's present when the music is being played or experienced is important. It's an interesting and a, and a direct application to musicians you're playing with, to the, the quality of an audience, to what setting you're playing music in. Um, and it all, it all applies to this. So Mahabam says like this, says, when ki lule, so Alicia said, if not for your shafet, I would not be able to, to uh, do anything. So there's a condition. When can the prophecy fall on a prophet? It's when he's among righteous people, and spiritual people. He has to have a right, the right atmosphere in order to prophesize. As it says in, in the Sefer Shmuel, these navis imahem, and, they, and he prophesied with them, meaning he needed to be with, with Sadiqim, with righteous people, because if he was among not righteous people, with wicked people, then he wouldn't be able to experience prophecy. Amar, so what's Elisha saying? Meaning there's a reason why I shouldn't be able to receive this prophecy. Unless your shepherd is here, right? He's a tzaddik. It's because he's such a tzaddik that I'm able to receive prophecy. And it balances out the fact that there's also Rishayim around. And it's, it's, it doesn't have to be purely tzaddikim, but the fact that there has to be that, that spirit there, there has to be people with, with that spiritual sensitivity also there. So therefore, they're, they're, that's why, because it wasn't purely tzaddikim, there needed to be the music there too. So if, if, it, was just, if it was just wicked people and no tzaddik, then the, the nigun wouldn't have helped. And if it was no rasha at all, so only tzaddikim, he wouldn't need the music at all. So it's like he would, added tzaddik. Yeah. So, yeah. so that, right? So it's, it's, and it's interesting if you go, again, in, in uh, Lakuti Maran from Rabbi Nachman, in Torah Nun Beis, which again, one of the primary sources of uh, Hasidus and music from um, the Chagas Hasidus, there's this idea of what a, a musician can accomplish, he says, that's what a tzaddik accomplishes on his own, without music. And, and he's obviously... Uh, you know, very clearly drawing from, from the spiritual or somehow they were, they were connected. That's why he says, bring from a musician. So, so he, had to have the, he had to have these, the element, he had to have a tzaddik there, right? And he had to, and he, in order to have the, the, he had to have the tzaddik and music. He needed both of them, right? If, if he had only tzaddikim, he wouldn't need the music, right? If he didn't have any tzaddikim, the music wouldn't have helped, right? So there's this idea that, that, that the inspiration, the holy inspiration, in order to, to um, connect to Nevoah, and as we we're speaking about this idea of even the level of Nevoah or the Kabbalah Sashchina that's relevant to all of us, which is that level of Chassid, which is being completely unconcerned with normal earthly worries, to be able to be completely present and it's just a natural form of Simcha, to be able to flow with music, 
then one needs to to be somehow connected to spiritual to righteous people, right? Even if there's people who are, who are less than so. So if someone's in an environment, let's say in a group playing, right? And not everybody, and this could apply to, I mean, righteousness, not righteousness, that has to do with a certain spirit. It's hard to put one's finger on, obviously. But it, I think this also can be applied to uh, musical skills as well. When we say musical skills, you don't just mean technical skills, you also mean musical sensitivity. And I've long believed that individuals who are less skilled with music um, that should should be encouraged. You know, sometimes people put themselves down, I'm not a musician, you know, I'm, I'm no good, right? It happens very often. And But if they get together with very good musicians, then often it, it cancels each other out and that person is learning. They're not bringing the, the great musician down. Victor Wooten talks about this when he talks about music as a language, right? That he says that most of the time, beginning musicians don't get to play with really good musicians and that's why they stay in a, like a baby talking level. But if they would get to play with great musicians, then they would learn, that's like he did, he was a kid, hardly could play, but he was playing with his older brothers who were really great musicians and he learned just by talking with them, you know, by playing with them. So that's music as a conversation, but ultimately there, there's the, the Gili Hashchina, the Kabbalist Pnei Shechina, as we spoke about last week, and, and we get into in the Mimer Shir Hashirim, really means, it does mean having a certain kind of um, refinement, a certain kind of, as it says, a prophet needs to be completely refined, completely in control of his emotions. He has to be wealthy, he has to be in a state of, of, of calm. Now, that's a prophet, right? That's not necessarily our, our aspiration in in normal terms, though we are given a promise that all, you know, we'll all be tzaddikim, we'll all be prophets, right? Yishpoch, will, will, the Hashem will pour his spirit on everybody, we'll all be prophets in the future time. But in simple terms, just what we can um, normally aspire to is to be in this state of, of being unconcerned, of letting the music flow. Kabbalah, which is a very holy thing. So one would have to, you know, examine their deeds and examine their, their, their attitudes as well, but the main, um, the main aspect of of being clear to receive the shechina is, the, as we spoke about a little bit last week, and we'll get into it a little bit more now, is the Indian of Avis Yisrael, is how we regard others, because it's the group that defines so much, right? And in many ways, as individuals, we def- we can create our environment, but in, in but in many ways, it's our attitude towards others and how well we play with others and how with that that really determines the quality of our experience and the quality of the music so so skip the, these these are uh sources i brought from from last week but they're worth re- refreshing um and we get to the this idea of um, in shavuos in gemar shavuos lamates uh Ahmed Aleph. yeah so we have like this um vaksiv so so it says in, in the pasuk Right, so um, that a person will stumble with, with his brother. So, what does it mean? A person will stumble with his brother. It says ish ba'avon echav. It's a person will stumble with his brother's sin. The famous, it's quoted very often. All Jews are guarantors for each other. We all are responsible for each other. Our spiritual status. And in in the Rishonim. Um, Nadarim, it says, 
um, in in Perik uh, Tes Halachadalid. Ksiv lo sakum velo sitor espene amecha. I said one one should not take revenge. One should not hold a grudge against the the children of my people. Hey chavida. So what? So there, it's it's like a a, a case. Have a makata koypad. So one is cutting meat. And so the, the, the knife with which they're cutting falls from their hand, right? And cuts their other hand. Hmm. So, so imagine a person would, would be cutting meat, they drop the knife, they pick up the knife with the other hand and cut back, you know, and fight, like the two hands are fighting. And it's a ridiculous thing, right? And so he brings... This is one of the main sources of that, that famous saying. The general, the great principle of Torah is to love another as your fellow. So to really understand what this means is a beautiful thing and to understand what it means practically is that that all Jewish people are really one soul in many bodies. And, and a great analogy in when, a, when musicians are playing together or in an environment with others with music, to see the others as, as part of the same body um, there's not a competition. It's not who's gonna right to, to be able to listen and also to be able to contribute. It's almost like a person playing piano with two hands. Right? You'd never have you don't have competition between your two hands. Who's gonna you know who's gonna play louder? Who's gonna play more? Right? Let me get let me get my solo in. You know, shh, don't you know quiet. I'm in the middle of a solo. You know, it, it's it's you know it, it, where they work together, and that's ideally, and that's how musicians work together. And so in, in Lukut Torah, on Lama Gimel Gimel. He says this idea of Kol Yisrael Aravim Zebazel, Hasidus explains, Aravim is Lashon Eruv, mixed together. Right? Kach Kol Yisrael Aravim Zebazel, says all Jews are, are guarantors of each other, Kleimar, Meravim Zebazel, they're mixed up with each other. Ki Atem Kirim Adam, because you are called person, meaning the, the Jewish people as a, as a, a nation are called a single individual. Kama Adam Shiesh Rosh Veregel, the person has a head and they have a foot. So the, the head receives life force that the, the foot also needs, meaning they share the same life force, they share the same experience. All Jews are, are like one. They're called a single stature, they're a single person, a single stature. And so this is, and, and so I've Without even getting into the the, the body of the mimer of, of the text of Shir Shirim, this is already an introduction to getting a little deeper into this point of Avis Yisrael as a prerequisite to Kabbalah's Pnei Shechina, meaning of being able to experience music as a as a receptive a vessel, right? That the idea, as as the mimer gets into, we're going to get into more next time. The the nature of what we are receiving, what we are transmitting when we're playing music, is Essentially, the Shechina is essentially our neshama is constantly singing a song, and we, and it's a, there's a collective song that we're all singing together, and we each have an individual piece. So our attitude towards others is essential in terms of how we, um, how we can express that song, even as an individual. So if someone has an attitude towards someone else, it's not just that their connection with that other person is missing, but their own connection with them, their, themselves is missing because they they. Every, everyone's mixed up with each other, so you have a piece of everybody else in you. And so it's hard to practice this, I, I think, um, in the world sometimes, you're just walking down the street, you meet someone in a store, you don't know them, and you know, they, they cut you off in line, you know, okay, obviously, Israel, I gotta be nice, to, I gotta, you know, have a positive attitude. But the real litmus test of this is in a musical setting, 
you know, my attitude towards other musicians, and sometimes it's not so easy. Sometimes people do things, have attitudes, they, they get, you know, step on your toes or get in the way or, or annoy you in one way or another. And so really the practice, and we can, you know, as we continue this evening in, in the jam, to, to uh, just open us up to that, to, to this idea that we're letting the music flow through, that everyone is, is multiple limbs of a single body, mm. right? And so just to, to conclude with, with just a, a story you might have, have come across it, um, that Herbie Hancock tells about um, playing with Miles Davis. And he said that he, um, they were, had this whole evening and, you know, of, of music and this incredible music, evening of music, and he played this chord that he said was just wrong. It sounded mm. awful and it was just wrong. And he said he felt, he felt awful because he felt like he'd ruined the night. And he said, Miles, he said he took a breath and he played a few notes and he made the wrong chord right. You know, he, he, he put it in a new context. And he explains it because I, I judged the chord and Miles didn't judge the chord. Miles just, he, he, he experienced it as a new dimension of how the music could go. It's an incredible story. And, you know, it really illustrates this concept that if you judge music, your own music, others' music, they could judge others as well. They, they, they fit together. Sometimes we, we judge ourselves worse than anybody, and then we end up judging others. And so th- there's no place that's more sensitive in, in, to this fact is in this music creation. So tonight we have a, a, a jam where we, we have no particular rules. We just go and we play. We see what music comes out. Improvisation, spontaneous, in the moment. On Sunday night, we've been doing a songwriting composing group, which I've just I've realized you know, is really... Same thing as improvisation, it's just slow motion. <laughs> just you have time to, to eke it out and, and to do it as an individual before you present it, you know. So there are really two sides to the same coin. We're developing this idea. In order to birth music that's, that's pure, that, that, that doesn't get into stumbling blocks of, of, of any kind of blockage, is to be non-judgmental about your own music. And it's very hard because we have tastes and we have what a person doesn't like this, this sounds trite. So to be, have taste, but also to have a, a non-judgmental attitude is a really valuable thing. So we'll continue. Um, and and uh, thank you for joining us. Any thoughts we can, before we hit the, the jamming uh, scene? Um, I just was interested in how like, like it's, music is an anger management Tool. I mean, it just says yeah. if you're angry, listen to music. Yeah. Or slash depressed, you yeah. know, because depression is part of anger. Yeah. So, like, music is a tool for anger and depression. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. So that does it for class, Hasidic music class number two. There are no wrong notes. So that I think that principle applies in a lot of situations. We talked about in a musical situation, but obviously it reaches across to different situations that we have in life, trying to harmonize our lives, which is one of the parallels where music really spills over, the, the tools we learn from music really spills over into our lives, and where the wisdom of Torah really can influence both. And for me, it's really, 
you know, the, the inspiration of, of music has driven me to, to dig deeper into the Torah. It's almost that the blockages that got in the way of the experience of playing or, or some feeling of destiny, I don't know, or just a feeling like I'm drawn to this path of, of creating music, but then encountering things in the way. And there are things that are inside, there are things that are outside, that if peace is not reigning, at least for a certain part of your day, truly really have that peace of mind to grow, to sit and block everything out, to get together with, with uh, either on, on your own or with a bunch of guys and just let that music flow. There's things that get in the way that people just, sometimes life just gets so hectic. And there are those of us who make excuses, frankly. I mean, they're, they're understandable excuses, but they say, oh, you know, this is something that I'd love to do is important to me, but I just don't have time and other things need to happen. I wish I could, but I, I can't. And then justify it in, in sense of, well, maybe I'm not talented enough. I was never encouraged. It's too late for me. And I feel like all of these excuses, and I, I don't say that to be judgmental of anyone. I say that to actually, in the interest of encouraging those who have that musical inclination to seek means and ways of, of creating some space for that and applying this harmony principle, reframing things, reframing how we see things. A musician is someone who makes music. <laughs> it's not someone defined by the professional world or the artistic critics or anything like that or somebody's parents or even somebody's music teacher. It's something that a person can define by themselves. In essence, as we're learning, we are all musical. And I'd like to say a lot that proof, let's say, I don't know about pitch, but I can say in terms of rhythm. There are those who say, I don't have good rhythm. And it's very clear that we're born with good rhythm and that we actually, if we feel like we don't know how to express that rhythm in a, in a, a grounded and... and positive and grooving way it's because we have forgotten we've it's kind of been beaten out of us or somehow we've become too rigid to connect to our natural rhythm and the proof of that is that we're alive and we have a heartbeat our heartbeat is, is one of the greatest drums most consistent <laughs> trustworthy drums in the world it keeps us alive and that's essentially our rhythm when mickey hart the drummer from the grateful dead believes that polyrhythms is so innate in a person, polyrhythms, meaning multiple rhythms happening at one time, because a baby's heart beats at a very fast rate, and his mother's heart beats at a much slower rate. And so that's kind of the baby's whole experience, is their own heartbeat, their mother's heartbeat, and those two rhythms interacting with each other is something that, <laughs> that really creates a rhythm and a kind of a groove that, that a person kind of is embedded in a person's psyche. And as, uh, you know, we see children spontaneously dancing. And as an adult, we sometimes forget this and lose this. And so when a person is looking to express this, and, and it, it feels like they've squashed somewhat that natural childlike joy for life and for music, and is looking to wake that up. As an adult, it often takes a certain imposition of a certain cleverness to look at one's life and see where those spaces are, to unravel some of the psychological I can'ts and really get into it. And I think that applies to even people who are very accomplished can get stuck at the level of accomplishment that they are. And ultimately, one of the 
beautiful contributions of Hasidus is it teaches us that our potential is essentially infinite and we can progress in anything meaningfully if we go a step at a time and sometimes we can take giant leaps. And that's really, you know, the, that kind of happens when you do, are going one step at a time, you start to see giant leaps happening. You say, well, how could I get to the point B from point A when I'm so, so far away? Well, you gotta got to have a little faith that when you go step by step, you're going to make meaningful progress, but also you're going to see miraculous results. And that's also the effort of, of all of us in this journey of exile in a broken world and healing it. It looks like how could the world be healed? It's so irreparably damaged, it seems. And people's psyches seem to be so far from a state of harmony with each other. So how are we going to reach this, this global harmony? It seems like a, like a pipe dream. It seems like a, a fantasy that could never be reality. If you, you know, reality can be really tough. It can be really dark. There can be real pain and, and violence between people. So how does this heal? How does, you know, without a, just a hide in the clouds utopian attitude, which sometimes can be very misled, as we see some of the, the utopian perspectives that, that have been imposed on our society over the last, you know, couple centuries that have just led to tyranny and disaster. So, but in a realistic way, when the Torah is telling us that we can accomplish and we can achieve incredible liberation, personal liberation, global liberation, we can see that in our musical practice. I've seen it in my musical practice. I know that incremental results when I just push aside the doubts and get a little bit better day by day, once in a while, you see that glimmer. Wow, I just got much better. And I think a beginning musician can see that also. Then we hit plateaus and we forget about it. It's like you, you, you know, learn a couple chords on guitar, and then all of a sudden you're like playing songs and you're feeling really good about it. And you, you, you've taken these leaps. It's not just step by step. And then we have to remind ourselves of that and just take, get to the next level and get to the next level as a person, as a musician, and ultimately as a world. So I bless you all that we can open up, create that space in our lives for that personal growth, that spiritual growth, that musical growth. And as we always say, with abundant singing and playing of music, we bring about the true and complete redemption. See you next time. <laughs>